second week of Book of Mormon Adventures with Lehi's family. As always, we wanted to start today with a game. This week, you're going to learn that Lehi has a vision of a magnificent tree. He says that its fruit was the sweetest thing he's ever tasted. And that got us thinking. What is the sweetest fruit you've ever tasted? This game is called Fruit Face-Off. We're going to put two different fruits in our sugar extractor machine. One cup of each type of fruit. Can you guys guess which fruit will have the most sugar in it? The sweetest fruit gets to move on to the next round until only the sweetest fruit is left. Okay, let's fruit face off. Which of these fruits do you think has the most sugar? Apple versus orange. Is it apple? All right, if you picked oranges, you were right. Oranges have 17 grams of sugar per cup, and apples only have 13. All right, orange versus grapes. Lick an orange. It tastes like an orange. Did you pick oranges again? If so, you were right, because grapes only have 15 grams of sugar per cup. Oranges versus bananas. Oh, look, bananas. <laughs> All right, if you guessed bananas, you're right. Bananas have 18 grams of sugar per cup. Bananas versus cherries. Number 17, cherry tree line, you say? Cherries one. Cherries have 20 grams of sugar per cup. Cherries versus pomegranates. Tastes like cherry top. If you guessed pomegranate, you're right. Pomegranates have 24 grams of sugar per cup. Pomegranates versus mango. Gotta be a mango tree here somewhere. Pomegranates win again. Mangoes have 23 grams per cup. Pomegranate versus lychee. Golden medal. The winner is lychees. 29 grams of sugar per cup. Sweet. <laughs> so what is going on with Lehi and his family now that they have the brass plates? What's something that's really important to Heavenly Father? It's actually one of the main reasons we come to earth. There's even an official church proclamation about it. Families. Yep, Heavenly Father loved Nephi and his brothers, and he didn't want them to have to go into the promised land alone. He wanted them to have families. So how are they going to do that? Well, it's time to transport you guys back to the wilderness outside of Jerusalem. Are you ready? Let's do it! Father, come in. I have something to tell you, for I have received another commandment from the Lord. Oh. The Lord has spoken to me again, and has said that it is not meet for me to take my family into the wilderness alone, but that you, my sons, should take women to wife, that you might raise up seed unto the Lord in the land of promise. For this cause, the Lord has commanded that you, Nephi, and your brethren shall again return unto the land of Jerusalem. 
and bring down Ishmael and his family into the wilderness. Oh, they'll never come. Oh, yes, my sons, they'll come. You'll see. The Lord has commanded it. You shall go to Jerusalem to the house of Ishmael and gain favor in his sight. Nephi, you shall speak to him the words of the Lord, and his heart will be softened. Now ready yourselves and depart. All right, guys, it looks like we're walking back to Jerusalem again. Hope you have uncomfortable shoes. Mom, can't you just teleport us there and we can meet Nephi and his brothers when they arrive? Sure, this wilderness is pretty hot today. What's that? <laughs> Daughters! Daughters! Yes, Father? Please look to the sheep. Something is disturbing them. When we are this far away from Jerusalem, we must be wary of wild animals. It is almost time to start back to our home, Father. Yes, the hour is late. Now, did you hear the sheep? Oh, if these old eyes still had their clear vision. Can you see anything? Yes, I do see something. It appears to be several men approaching from the wilderness. Hey, quickly call for your sisters and prepare to return to our home. Ishmael, friend Ishmael. Hmm? Who, who calls my name? It is I, Nephi. <laughs> Nephi? Father, it is the sons of Lehi who come. The sons of Lehi? Dear friend Ishmael, do you not recognize us after all these years? Can it be the family of Lehi has returned? My dear boy Nephi, how good it is to see you again. And what of your father and mother? Are they coming too? No, Ishmael, they stay in the desert. But what has he found out there? Well, he claims he is leading us to a promised land. Your father was always a wise man, Laman. Even now there appear the signs of wickedness and destruction in our land that he had predicted. Perhaps his vision holds some truth. My father wishes that you might join us, Ishmael. Oh, but I am old of body, Nephi. And my family is large. Such a journey would be a great task. Yet I have always had the greatest respect for your father's wishes. The Lord will provide for you as he has done for us, Ishmael. Then we must make it a matter of prayer. But first we will go to my house and provide for your comforts after your journey. Daughters, find your brothers and let's return home with our tired friends. Yes. <laughs> Thus it was that Nephi and his brothers prevailed upon Ishmael and his family to leave Jerusalem and return with them to the wilderness. And they gained favor in the sight of Ishmael in that they spoke to him the words of the Lord. Can you guys think about the last time you got mad at one of your brothers or sisters? Do you remember why you were upset? Keep that in the back of your minds while we talk about what happens next. What happens next is that, as Lehi promised, Ishmael and his family agreed to go into the wilderness and join Lehi's family on their journey to the Promised Land. Well, sadly, a few days into their journey, Laman and Lemuel and two of the daughters of Ishmael and two of the sons of Ishmael and their families, they all decided, hey, we don't want to do this. We don't want to go into the wilderness anymore. And they started to rebel against Nephi and Sam and Ishmael and his wife and his other three daughters. What is Nephi going to do? Things of sun and sand and more 
Son? At my own home, I could at least rest in the shade. Why have we forsaken so much for so little? We have done it because our parents are fools. Why should we not go back? Ye are my elder brethren. And how is it that ye are so hard in your hearts and so blind in your minds that ye have need that I, your younger brother, should speak unto you? How is it that ye have not hearkened unto the word of the Lord? How is it that ye have forgotten that ye have seen an angel of the Lord? How is it that ye have forgotten that the Lord is able to do all things according to his will for the children of men, if it so be that we exercise faith in him? If we are faithful to him, we shall obtain the land of promise. For thus the spirit of the Lord constraineth me that I should speak. Oh no! They're grabbing me! Hold him! Hold him! They're tying him up! Layman! What are they gonna do? They're gonna leave him in the wilderness to be devoured by wild Let's beasts. Leave him in the wilderness to be devoured by wild beasts. Oh, oh Lord. According to my faith, which is in thee, let thou deliver me from the hands of my brethren. Yea, even give me strength that I may burst these bands with which I am bound. You guys, guess what Nephi's first instinct is when he's in trouble? Nephi thinks to pray. That should be our first instinct when we need help, too. Wow! Heavenly Father heard Nephi's prayer and loosened the bands for him. Laman Lemuel, please listen to me. Find him again! Do not do this! Laman, stop! Please! I think you no more! He is your brother! Okay, let's pause right here. Laman and Lemuel's hearts were softened by the woman pleading, and the brothers apologized to Nephi. Well, guess what Nephi does? He immediately forgives them. Remember how I asked you guys earlier when the last time that you were fighting with your siblings was? What was that about? Was it hard to forgive them? When they said sorry, did you tell them it was okay right away, or did you withhold your forgiveness? If Nephi can immediately forgive his brothers for wanting to leave him in the wilderness to be eaten by wild beasts, we should probably be able to immediately forgive our siblings when they do something that hurts us. Let's be like Nephi because he's awesome! Remember that we will be blessed when we frankly forgive each other. Game time! All of the games this week have to do with Lehi's dream. We'll learn about Lehi's dream next, but before we get into that, let's play a game. This game is called Villains in the Mist. Have you ever been inside of a thick mist? Like in a sauna or a steam room? It can be so hard to see through. That's why cars have special fog lights because misty fog can be impossible to see through. For this game, you're gonna need to close your eyes. Pretend like you're stuck in a mist and you can't see through it. We're gonna play some voices of some famous villains. Those are the bad guys. Can you recognize their voices? If you recognize their voice, say their name and we'll shine our fog lights on them. Okay, ready? Call out the villain in the mist. If you only knew the power of the dark side. I warn you, child. If I lose my temper, you lose your head. Understand? Going so soon? I 
wouldn't hear of it. Why, my little party's just beginning. I'll get you, my pretty, and your little dog, too. <laughs> there is a cave, boy. A cave of wonders, filled with treasures beyond your wildest dreams. Shift your hunting ground for a few years, and everyone forgets how the law works. Well, let me remind you. A man-cub becomes man, and man is forbidden! Consider them hairpins and barrettes now, darling. Any extras I'll feed to the pigeons in a park in Paris. Oh, come on! You gotta admit this is cool! Just like a movie! The robot will emerge dramatically, do some damage, thrones of screaming people, and just when all hope is lost, Syndrome will save the day! I had to have faith in my dream. No one was going to hand it to me. It was up to me to reach for that dream. Grab it tight and make it come true. Paw Patrol? Paw Patrol? I'm sick and tired of hearing about the Paw Patrol. I came to Adventure City to get away from them and make a name for myself. Now they're all over the TV stealing my headlines. What's the idea Let that guy pick on you? That's my job! What? Don't try to deny it! I seen the whole thing. Don't be a fool. Why suffer an horrific death when you can join me and live? Magic mirror on the wall. Who is the fairest one of all? This is no ordinary apple. It's a magic wishing apple. A wishing apple? Yes. Oh, look. Another glorious morning. Makes me sick. <laughs> My only true love, darling. I live for furs. I worship furs. <sighs> After all, is there a woman in all this wretched world who doesn't? Okay, guys, now we're going to talk about one of my favorite parts in the entire Book of Mormon, Lehi's vision of the Tree of Life. Let's head back into the wilderness with Nephi. Come, gather around, everyone. Where's Nephi? I'm here, Father. Good. In the night... I had a dream, and because of the dream, I rejoiced in the Lord over Sam and Nephi. But I fear greatly for you, Laman and Lemuel. I thought I saw a dark and dreary wilderness, and I walked for many hours in darkness. Then a man dressed in a white robe stood before me. I followed him and continued walking for many hours in the dark and dreary wasteland. Finally, fearing that I'd lost my way, I began to pray. After I had prayed, the Lord did deliver me from the darkness. I saw a large field, and in the midst of the field I saw a beautiful tree full of fruit. I walked to the tree and picked some of the fruit to taste it. Oh, children, it was the sweetest fruit I've ever tasted. What color was the fruit, Father? It was white, Nephi whiter than anything I have ever seen. And when I ate of the fruit, it filled my soul with great joy. I, I wanted my family, you, Sariah, my wife, and you, Laman, 
you Lamuel and Sam and you Nephi to eat of their food also. So I began to look around to see if I could find you. And I saw a river running near the tree. I looked to see where the water came from. And I saw a little way off, Sariah, Sam, and Nephi. I waved to you and called, Come to me and eat some of this fruit. Did we come, Father? Yes, Sam. All three of you came and ate of the delicious fruit. Then, Laman and Lemuel, I looked for you because I wanted you to come also. I looked again at the head of the river, and I saw you, and I waved to you and called, asking you to come. But you would not come. Neither one of us, Father? No, Lemuel. Then as I looked again, I saw a rod of iron which ran along the bank of the river and led to the tree. There was a path also which ran alongside the iron rod. The path led from a large field past a fountain to the tree. Then I saw many groups of people. Some tried to come to the tree along the path, but in the darkness lost their way. Others did come to the tree and eat of the fruit, but they were ashamed and wandered away. I saw on the other side of the river a large building which floated in the air. Many people entered into the building and then, pointing their fingers, laughed at us who were eating the fruit of the tree. Why did they laugh? Because they love the things of the world and laugh at the things of God. You have many odd dreams, Father. It is a vision from God. Well, how do you know? The Spirit of God has told me. The dream is a warning to you, Laman and Lemuel. I exhort you with all the love of my soul to listen to my words. All right, guys. So, what did you learn from Lehi's vision? The tree of life is God's love. I want God's love. My name is Jackson Searle, and I'm nine years old, and I'm from Idaho. What I learned from Lehi's vision is that if you hold tight to the iron rod and you read the scriptures daily, say your prayers, uh, that you could get to the tree of life, and Jesus and Heavenly Father will forgive you for all of your sins. My name is Riker Cheryl. I am 10 years old and I'm from Idaho. One thing I learned from Lehi's vision is that if you follow the word of God, read your scriptures, say prayers, and stay faithful that you can be forgiven and you can live with Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ again. I'm Marshall. Okay, Marshall, what can we learn from Lehi's dream? that we should stay on the path of God and hold tight to it and not fall into sin. My name is Mason. I learned from the Tree of Life video that Lehi had a dream about a tree of life that when, if you took up the fruit, you'll be filled with joy and happiness. Hey, if you guys are somewhere where you can write stuff down, it would be awesome to make a chart. Maybe you could draw what these things in the vision mean and you could label them. You could take your chart to primary or show it to your parents during Come Follow Me and talk about it. The tree of life, what does that represent? Well, that represents God's love. 
Remember that scripture, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son? The tree of life represents God's love. And God's love is Jesus Christ. What about the fruit? What does the fruit represent? Well, the fruit is the greatest of all of the gifts of God, and that's eternal life. It's eternal life that we can receive through the atonement of Jesus Christ. Remember, it's sweet above everything that we've ever tasted before, purer than anything, desirable above all other fruit, precious above all, brings joy to the soul. It's the greatest of all the gifts of God. So, we played that fruit game earlier. Some fruits are sweeter than others. So, Satan's fruits, let's say, you know the candy runts? Runts are those hard candies that are shaped like fruit. So, think of like one of those hard bananas. It's yellow, it has a banana flavor, but it's not a real banana. Satan's fruit is counterfeit. It's artificial. It's just empty calories. God's fruit, which is real fruit, which really nourishes you, makes you healthier, makes you happier. Have you ever felt the love of God in your lives? I feel God's love when my sister plays Tickle Monster with me. I feel God's love when he answers my prayers. My name is Maverick Sterilla and I'm six years old and, and I feel the love of God in my life by Going to the Washington, D.C. Temple open house, it just felt really peaceful and quiet. And I also feel the love of God in my life by reading scriptures and praying. He's made me feel better when I feel scared. Whenever I feel like I can't do something, he usually will help me. I feel it's love in my heart. I feel it inside my heart. The iron rod represents the Word of God. Where do we find the Word of God? In the scriptures, in the teaching of Latter-day Prophets, and in the promptings of the Holy Ghost. Have you guys ever been to like Yellowstone or the Grand Canyon? We went to Yellowstone this summer and there was a river down at the bottom of a canyon. And I took my little three-year-old kid And luckily, there was a guardrail that held us back to protect us. The guardrail wasn't there to hold us back from all the fun down below. It was there to protect us from danger. And that's what this guardrail is that's running along the river. It's protecting us from Satan. It's protecting us from drowning in the depths of hell because that's what the river represents. The river of filthy water is the consequences of sin. What about the mists of darkness? The mists of darkness are the temptations of the devil. The scriptures say they blind the eyes and harden the hearts of the children of men and leadeth them away into broad roads that they perish and are lost. Our prophet loves to remind us that we are on the covenant path. That's how we get back to Heavenly Father. The covenant path is the straight and narrow path that Lehi sees in his dream. But there's other paths that are mentioned in Lehi's dream. There's the forbidden paths, which is like sin. There's the strange roads, which is following other trends and things that are against the gospel. And there's the broad road, wanting to be like everyone else rather than wanting to be like God.
The mist blinds our eyes and it hides the tree. It hides the love of God. It hides the river so that you fall in. It hides the rod, which is your help to get to the love of God. So the mist, which are the temptations of the devil, are very dangerous. That's why we're so lucky that we have the rod, because it helps us and leads us through the mists of darkness. Why might Satan want to blind our eyes to the love of God? Well, I think that Satan would want our eyes to be blinded because then we wouldn't be able to realize that Heavenly Father is helping us. In what way does Satan try to blind our eyes? Satan tries to blind our eyes by giving us messages that aren't true. The rod of iron, it gives something to the people to cling to when they're in the midst of darkness. So when we're being tempted by the devil, if we cling to the word of God, if we read our scriptures and listen to the words of prophets, it will protect us from sin. All right, what does the great and spacious building represent? The pride of the world. What's significant about the building? It stood in the air is what they say. The building doesn't have a solid foundation. Pair that to the opposite, the tree of life. The tree of life is firmly rooted into the ground. The great and spacious building being the pride of the world, how can pride keep a person from receiving eternal life? Pride can keep a person from receiving eternal life because when you're prideful, it's almost like you don't need Heavenly Father and eternal life is with Heavenly Father. Some people in the vision tasted of the fruit, but they were ashamed because the people in the great and spacious building were mocking them. How can we receive strength to withstand persecution? I can receive strength from reading my scriptures. I can receive strength by praying and reading my scriptures and helping others because it'll make me feel good. I'll listen to what Lehi said. He said, we heeded them not. He didn't pay attention to the people that were mocking him. Well, the other thing that we need to think about is the scriptures say that it was people of all ages inside of the great and spacious building that were mocking them. It wasn't just old grandparents or adults. It was young teenagers and kids. It would be your peers. So that's like peer pressure. So one way we can receive strength to withstand the persecution that comes from the great and spacious building, one way we can resist that temptation when we're mocked, is to have good friends. Good friends that stay with us by the tree, who hold onto the iron rod with us. That way, when we're persecuted by people in the great and spacious building, it won't matter. Lehi saw numberless concourses of people. He saw you in his vision. In the vision, there's lots of different kinds of roads. And when people see these different kinds of roads, they, they let go of the iron rod. What are some things we can do to stay on the straight and narrow path? And how can we help others to stay on the path? I can stay in the straight and narrow path by going to church and taking the sacrament, keeping my baptismal covenants, and helping others. We can help others stay in the straight and narrow path by encouraging them to read their scriptures, and we can also choose the right to be a good example for them. I know that Heavenly Father loves you so much. And he wants you to come to the tree of life. He wants you to partake in this greatest gift, this fruit, the fruit of the atonement of the Savior Jesus Christ, and to have eternal life with him. 
We apologize for all the background noise that occurred during our recording of this episode. Send babysitters, please. Do you want to be guests on this podcast? Do you want to be guests on this podcast? Please be a guest on this podcast. It would make a day. Email us at comefollowmekidspodcast at gmail.com. And we'll send you an assignment for a future week. Singing is optional. That's what we have for this week. Thanks for listening. And until next time. Stay on the